Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. We had a big weekend of derby preps. They were, uh, well, they were kind of, they muddled the picture, it seems like, more than anything. We had a little crash at the Fountain of Youth. We had a blowout in California. We had a emerging horse, though he's really late to emerge, uh, in New York. On uh, yeah, we don't even care about Turfway. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, some of the issues of the day. It seems like we got plenty of issues every week. Racing is the gift that just keeps on giving to horse racing podcasts. Uh, Barry will be here in just a minute. We'll talk to him and we'll. Uh, Kind of preview his big day on Saturday where he's going to be uh, a handicapper at Tampa Bay Downs for their big card. He's going to do the in-house handicapping with uh, the usual cast of characters over there. He said, Barry's going to give winners. No pressure. Uh, anyways, we'll be back in just a minute. See you guys in a minute. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, They have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees, your mayor will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the freshman stallion of the year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is... Your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Is this the uh, the Tampa Bay sniper? Yes, yes, I've transformed for one week only. <laughs> Can you do something about the uh, the weather? Something about the what? The weather, sir. The weather is, oh, is looking spot. It's raining here now, so maybe well, good. Maybe, maybe get it out of the system, and then we'll be fine on Saturday. Let's hope so, because. I think it's gonna it's gonna push off until Sunday, the worst of it, from my understanding. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And uh, for everyone that doesn't know, Barry is going to be doing the uh, in-house handicapping prognostication and such for Tampa Bay Derby card next Saturday. This coming Saturday. Uh, yes. Yeah. The 12th Tampa Bay Derby Day. 
the 12th. So, so if you're in the area, make sure you stop by. Yeah. If you're uh, not in the area, make, make sure you sure stop you, by. Make sure, you, <laughs> make sure you you check it out on your phone. It's okay yeah. to to watch races when you're driving. I'm giving you permission. I've done it. If you get pulled over, just say, "Blame it on Chuck." <laughs> I'm gonna do that. It might not work, but I will accept responsibility if the <laughs> officer of the law decides that he would uh, like to speak with me. <laughs> I'm sort of like your your attorney. Okay, I can deal I, with that. I can be like the the long range un unofficial attorney. Don't say that too loudly. You might get hired by a well-known trainer. <laughs> hey, we've got <laughs> two guys that are squeezing the, the lemon dry now. Why not another one? I... <laughs> hey, they, they give me a hundred grand. <laughs> hundred grand? Shit, man, my price is way lower than that. <laughs> I won't even. I'll charge a flat rate. I'll, I'll take five hundred bucks. <laughs> I'll give you some advice, some legal advice. Uh, well, there wasn't much news on that front this week. As a matter of fact, that person that we're referring to um, won all the minor spoils at Santa Anita, but uh, his horses in the San Vicente kind of got blown out of the water like everyone else's by... Uh, Mr. Mandela and the, the kingdom horse who uh, just went to the lead and that was it. Yeah, it was it was pretty odd. I was actually kind of surprised at how that race kind of unfolded. Even, you know, I expected Forbidden Kingdom to go to the lead, but I would, would have figured the horse would have extended the lead instead of going all out. You know what I mean? Instead of just going all out and then kind of tiring late, kind of kept him close and then ran away from him. But well, I think the uh, I think the idea was to get away from the other Baffert horse that, that Johnny V was riding. That kind of looked like, uh, and it looked like they were trying to use that one to press um, Forbidden Kingdom, but he just wasn't fast enough. So. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. The last two Southern California preps have have basically turned into blowouts. <laughs> yeah, blowout wins on the lead, and it 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 doesn't appear that the California division is um is very deep uh, with or without the Baffert horses. And I, this is something I was saying yesterday to someone. Um, you know, all this hand-wringing about all these Baffert horses in the Derby. His horses aren't, you know, I mean, outside of Messier, who beat up on a horse, you know, who came back the other day and didn't run any good at all, the, the turf horse on the outside. But, I mean, the rest of them haven't done any good. New Grange bombed in Arkansas. The horse that he shipped to the Gotham, who probably isn't a Derby horse anyways, he was terrible. Uh, stumbled a couple times and then just was, you know, just spinning his wheels on that deeper track. Uh, supposedly, he's going to Kentucky, where I, I guess that's the new place where three-year-olds train on a farm. <laughs> but he's getting some R&R. &R. Um, 
you know, like I said, neither of Baffert's horses coming out of the San Vicente makes you think, oh, well, you know, I need to have that one. Because as good as Forbidden Kingdom looked, he's not life is good, right? I mean, uh, last year, uh, Medina Spirit was chasing life is good and, and was kind of getting, you know, finding a similar fate, right? He just wasn't good enough to keep up with that one. But that horse was far better than we've seen so far this year. So um, there's just a different kind of speed, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you, you know, you saw the way life is good was winning before he got hurt. And it was just a different kind of power. <laughs> I mean, that's good was really but, fast from day one. I mean, yeah, it wasn't just he was winning because sometimes a maiden race can be deceptive if you beat up on um a bunch of horses that wind up being made in 12 fives and you win by five it you may not be quite as good as that looks but i mean life is good was running huge speed figures from day one i mean he's literally never run a bad speed figure um and i want everyone to remember last year who told you that life is good was not shying from any tote board that nonsense that they were trying to sell us <laughs> Shying from that, you know, crack in his left hind leg. But, um, yeah, this year's uh, Derby, I mean, actually, we haven't even talked about the other two and a half Derby race is that they have because I, I, I don't even, I don't even know if the, 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 um, the turfway race should even be considered a half of a race. Let's say when you get 10 points. And none of them really deserve any points for Kentucky Derby because it's they have no prayer. But you know, and the Gotham hasn't really traditionally been a Derby prep ever since it went back to the mile and uh, the, you know the one turn mile uh, setup, which was you know the traditional setup. But <laughs> as a Derby prep, um, it just isn't what people do anymore, right? So. Um, I mean, the, the 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 proof in the pudding is that there there have been like almost no runners from the in the Derby from the Gotham, let alone um, you know horses that have run competitively. But uh, but Morello looked good, uh, winning. I mean, it was kind of a little uh, irony that Jose Lescano did not very much on Morello in the stretch, uh, considering. Sunday's first race at Aqueduct, which he kind of did the same thing, except he wasn't on Morello. He was on some eight-year-old mare who wasn't able to re-rally, and now we have all kinds of controversy, and we have a stewards meeting, a video meeting. Not sure why you need video if you have the people there. Have the right? video. <laughs> yes. I mean, they were in the video, so I don't know why they need video, but, uh, you know, I guess maybe they're going to say, hey, look, uh, you know how bad this looks? <laughs> but... Um, but going back to Morello, he is, uh, been pretty damn good in, in his races in New York. Um, you know, he's three for three, broke his maiden. He, he won the Jimmy Wingfield pretty easily. Got a really big number. Uh, came back. He won the Gotham pretty easily, but you know, we're 60 days away from the Derby. He's never run twice, two turns. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be a little problem. Yeah, and the one thing about this year, not that it's not, you know, something that happens most years, but 
Um, it looks like the better horses are horses that want to be up close or on the lead. You know, right now, the, the contenders, you would think if somehow Messier becomes eligible, uh, he has been running on the lead. Forbidden Kingdom is a front runner. Epicenter is a front runner. Morello going two turns will probably be a front runner um, or you know, laying right off of it. So, you know, run into this. Uh, and, and of course, there's others I'm forgetting. But, um, you know, there's that 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 part of you look you can look really good winning a shorter race when you're not really pressed and, and things set up well for you. And you get in the Kentucky Derby and you have a quarter mile run down the stretch and horses have all kinds of, you know, post position stuff to, to overcome. And it's a dash, right? I mean, you're, you're moving fast out of there and, and that's not like your normal race where that's not happening and you're not having to really hustle to get in position. I think post position was something that, Going into the Florida um, race, you know, the Florida, the Fountain of Youth, the Florida Derby Prep this weekend um, caused two scratches to the race. Giant game, um, you know, who was terrible last time? I, I don't know. And then the Dale Romans. I don't know what it is about Dale Romans, but his horses, I mean, how many years in a row now is this that his horses have really done pretty well in Kentucky as two-year-olds? And as soon as they get to Florida, they like completely turn into pumpkins and they're not even competitive. Right. I mean, they're not even competitive. His horse the other day was, was kind of the wise guy horse. Oh yeah. Um, because he came out of that key race and, uh, you know, with the, in the Kentucky jockey club at Churchill, which a bunch of horses have come out to run well out of. And, and I think there's what, two or three winners and, um, small happier in second. But, um, you know, he, he was terrible, you know, for lack of a better word. Well, oh, excuse me. The, th um, the thing about that race, and in particular, uh, the Fountain of Youth, and I had said this, I think, maybe you, you kind of hinted at it. I said it a couple of times, too, is that the horses that have been running are winning. Simplification has been running. One. In due time, same thing. He's been running. Right. Albeit only three, four times. But, you know, there was horses coming off a layoff. Rattle and rolls off a, you know, layoffs. Long in October. Layoff. Yeah, a long layoff. Howling time since uh, November. November. November, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you definitely, you know, had the wheels turning in my head because it makes sense that the horses that are going to win at this point have been running. You know, I thought it was just a tough task for any of those horses coming off a layoff to win that race. I mean, I, I just thought it would, it would be very, very difficult. And, and the two horses that ended up being the ones with, with recency ran well and one won it. The other finished second. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of was, getting at Emmanuel before when I was talking about the post positions, you know, we had the two scratches and yeah. I, I went off on the Romans tangents. Um, and I don't know what happened to him. I saw him yesterday and he, he looked orange. <laughs> I swear to God, he looked orange.
Um, well, what does he normally look like? Well, he look, kind of usually looks kind of pale and pasty, like a you know. Maybe he got a tan. It's like a tan in a can, man. Yeah, I mean, but, um, bronzer, right? That's what they do. Bronzer, I guess. I don't. <laughs> I accept my this, bro. <laughs> there's there's two colors you're gonna see me <laughs> right it's gonna be white or it's gonna be red red because i don't tan i burn so it's either oh. lobster red or it's you know i get it i'm like chris mullen bro it's like there was like, over at the diplomat catching some rays bro i guess so man but Happy. uh you got it like that man he's got those you know, half million dollar horses, you could do that. You know, but I, I did the thir- the uh, Going in Circles Digest on <clears throat> Friday night, Saturday morning. Right. And one of my, my things that, uh, <laughs> one of the few things I was actually right about was a manual. In that, uh, I think my, my can't exactly, I can't even quote myself. Um, but I think the, the, the quote was, betting on horses like this at short prices will make you go broke. Because True. he's not fast, he's not experienced, he's got a poor post position for his running style, which has, you know, in two races has been go to the lead, and there was a plenty of speed inside of him that it all appeared to be faster. And with that short run in, at, at Gulfstream into the first turn, my question was, how in the world is this horse going to get any sort of trip, right? Because... A lot of times you have a horse and you're three to one or two to one in, in a derby prep in a four hundred thousand dollar race. Even though technically you should be experimenting to, to find out what your horse can do, they usually keep those horses in the clear. They don't want to get dirt in their face, especially during the race. You know, early in the race and maybe they'll drop back too far and, and, and at Gulfstream. You know, which is one of the reasons why Rattle and Roll really didn't have much chance in that race because you just can't win at Gulf, Gulfstream in those short stretch races coming from 10th, unless the race completely falls apart or in case, you know, maybe yeah. if Paco Pacos and uh, well, more on that later. But, um, you know, Emmanuel, you know, he'd run eights on the thoroughbreds, which is not. You know, for derby preps in March, that's not fast. That's slow. So he had to really, really, really improve. And I just couldn't fathom what type of trip he would get. And if his trainer wasn't Todd Pletcher, if his trainer was um, just, say, you know, some other competent guy that wins 17 18%, that horse would have been 12 15 to 1. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, but you know, I, I he got a lot of Pletcher money. You got a lot of, uh, you know, I read money, but he, he just, he, and he, and he actually ran well. And I, I was going to say, he better. bad. <laughs> he probably ran better than he has, you know, he, he definitely improved, but it doesn't look quite like that because, you know, he, he didn't win. And, and, uh, to me, like those lightly raced young horses in races that are not going to be able to get the, the trip that they've been getting. You have no idea. The trainer doesn't have any idea if the horse can handle dirt. You think your horse can handle dirt in the morning. There's nothing like being behind five or six horses at, at race speed. It's a completely different thing than you put your horse in the, in the morning behind a, a horse or two or three coming out of the gate or something like that. It's just not the same. And you know the only way you're going to find out is actually do it. Um, 
But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously the big story coming in that race was top of the stretch. And uh, I was surprised there was so many ardent Paco defenders there. Well, I think a lot of that was you really couldn't see a lot of what the action was kind of, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a clear shot. No. Cause the horse, the first horse that went down kind of got bumped around a little bit before Paco came out. Um, I mean, it, there was just so much going on and it was just a bad situation all the way around. I mean, I had to look at it a few times to kind of get a sense of what really happened. Um, but it's tough and it, it brings up that point, you know, what we were talking about, you know, drone footage, camera angles. It's 2022. That, I mean, there shouldn't be any blind spots. <laughs> no. I mean, we got the technology. It's not that expensive. It's not difficult to find or implement. So there, there's really no excuse to have a blind spot. And that's exactly how this occurred. It was it's kind of a blind spot, but you could see obviously you know the horse coming off the rail and then you know the dominoes behind him but it was just unfortunate especially with it being a nationally televised race and just not good no no and i watching the race live um i was watching paco because in due time is who i bet on yeah, because he and had it was loaded. You, you, you could see that he had a lot of horse, and then the horse on the rail was starting to back up. So it was like, okay, he's going to wind up trying to, you know, weave his way yeah, through here. Yeah. And of course, as you said, at that point in the race, it's really hard to to, to tell. Um, the thing with that that bothered me though was that as he shifted out, the horse next to him and with the green silks and and the white helmet came out too so it, it it tends to make you believe that he did kind of bump that horse into a horse that was already in a bad spot and this is the thing that i was a little like not understanding why people were saying this there's like well it's not 100 percent paco's fault well that may be true but it doesn't like well like since when do we we start assigning percentages <laughs> um had he not made that move had he not forced his way out there that accident probably doesn't happen and that this is not what I think. This is what the jockeys who were involved in the incident have right, said. Right, because Junior Alvarado said something like that um, yes. yesterday on, on TVG where he was saying how, you know, he was yelling for everybody to, to stay straight right. because he was in a, in a spot where he was very, very vulnerable if somebody was to come out. And that's exactly what happened. No, it is it is exactly what happened. And you know, he had some words off the air that were a little more blunt that were on the air. And I can tell you exactly who they were blunt at. And, you know, the funny thing about it is that, is that obviously I read doesn't like him, but a lot of the other guys actually like him, you know, and it's just, you know, kind of one of those, he, he, he does stupid stuff on the racetrack, but off the racetrack, they all like him. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange dichotomy when all the people who are competing actually share the same locker room. <laughs> it's it's not, you don't find that in any other kind of competitions usually, right? You don't 
both come, you don't have a blocker right next to the guy you're competing against race in, race out. So, well, we had we had a lot of fights in basketball, inter team. Yeah, you'd have inter right. I mean, that wasn't <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd have your disputes, but it, it was it, you know, in the end, you're all on the same team. Yeah. So, um, that's the difference. Is and here, this is for real money, I and mean, this is how people. You know, the guys we're talking about, the people in question here are all guys who are doing very well, but um, but this is how they make their living, and, you know, they have to make as much money as they can now because they're not going to be able to ride. I mean, only, like, Mike Smith can ride till he's, like, 58, right? And and, and Mike doesn't exactly <laughs> uh, ride the card anymore. I think he, he's got about 27 more mounts this year than me. So, you know, it's it's... It's a tough job. It really is. But uh, the thing that bothered me most about this whole incident is that we don't take the time or spend the money or make the investment to have drone footage. And there's just no reason not to have it. There's just no reason not to have it. Any any reason that people give you <clears throat> is an excuse. And I would guarantee you that the most exp- the, the 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 real reason in many cases is it's too expensive. <laughs> and um hogwash but it, it would be far better in adjudicating these issues because you're going to get a different angle you're going to get above above the, the action angle which is going to let you see far greater um than you do from the current angles it, it just is because not only are you getting to see if horses shifted past but you're getting to see, um, you know, from above, right? So you don't have to worry about that that turn, that part of the turn that, that there just is no actual head-on video, um, and you're you're getting more context. And uh, I just think it's it's just it's stupid. I mean, we talked about it for you know since last spring, and Indiana Grand, to their credit, actually did. Uh, start to use it this this past summer so that and, and i don't like the fact that the stewards held an inquiry never told anyone what the inquiry was about i mean obviously horses fell down so there's automatic inquiry whenever that happens but we weren't sure if they were looking at the four or they weren't looking at the four or or what we didn't know anything and then all of a sudden the race was made official and they would never showed a replay either they moved right on um at the track they they put the california race on and uh someone on twitter uh uh lawyer bill said uh you know he was told by someone and it sounds completely plausible that uh you know they were on a schedule and and uh they needed to keep things moving along and that doesn't mean that they should have disqualified the horse because to be honest i don't think you have a good enough video uh, and, and I don't think you have enough evidence there to to disqualify a horse. I just don't think you can. I mean, we think we, we know what happened. The jockeys certainly think they know what happened. But, and, and I, I don't know. And I did not bet the horse to place. Oh. So, so, um, yeah. I didn't, do, I didn't do a hooves, a Matt Duggar. I didn't no. bet 750 to place. I should have, but. um, I'm pretty sure he did. He probably did, but. uh. 
But, you know, the, the buzzwords that are going around horse racing at this point are, are safety, integrity, transparency, right? So they can address two of those things with getting a drone. Three, really? Well, yeah, all three. Because if you have a drone over at the top and you're able to, you know, make better decisions as a steward and, 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 you know, the jocks aren't able to pull the wool over your eyes and you can see more. Well then eventually you're going to get better, you know, safer races, right? Correct. So, so it's an investment in safety. If, if, if somebody can position it that way, maybe they'll buy, you know, buy into it and then go for the cameras because like I said, there's no excuse for them not to have them. I mean, it's the simplest thing. It really between, is. Be, be, between the, the between Santa Anita and, and and Gulfstream, they bet like fifty something million dollars. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, a but good... I, I don't like Barry. I don't like that they didn't show the replay. I just don't like it. Well, I understand the the, not... all of the 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 nonsense that they say about um the the uh the, the how it looks right, but this is in house. People are at the racetrack. They were there. They already saw it. Just show the replay. Show what you're looking at if, if it's a thing. No horses died. And and if a horse is laying there with a broken leg or broken neck and or jockey or something, obviously you don't show that. That's obvious. That's obvious. Yeah. But this happened on a turn, and people didn't know what was going on. There was a trainer standing next to me who had a horse in a race, and he kept waiting for the replay because he, he wasn't really even sure where his horse was or what happened or was he affected at all. And... You know, they didn't show it. And it's, it's, I mean, come on. It's gonna, this is 2022, as you said before. The, it was on national television. There's gonna be videos of this, of this thing that yeah, happened. It's an instant replay, uh, right? DVR. I mean, it's out there. It's gonna be out there. You can't hide it. And that's racing's first reaction is, oh, let's try to hide this. And I, as I said, it's a different situation. If one of the horses is laying there, you know, like, I'm, I'm, you know, they're going to have to put them down or a jockey's like permanently damaged, you know, or, or they got to. And, you know, we were fortunate that, that the, the guys didn't get hurt really bad and that the horses seemed like they came out of it. Um, But you got to explain something. You got to explain what happened or what's going on, what you're looking at, or just come out and say, listen, management prefers we don't show this, this video. Hey, say I'm, that. You know, and, um, you know, there was nothing that we could see. We didn't have enough evidence to, to, to make any changes. We're leaving everybody up. And I'm sure you'll be able to find the, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll be able to find this, this yeah. video somewhere. Uh, but it's just, uh, you know, there's four mil, $5 million bet on the race. And people don't know what's going on after it. And then all of a sudden, bang, it's official. And. I don't know. I mean, it's not this. I guess it's not the end of the world, but uh, but uh, food for thought, you know. What was your impression of the? Uh, oh, oh, I wanted to ask you. Did you play a pick fifteen ticket? I did not. You didn't. You didn't take the free roll for five million dollars. No, it's a fool's errand, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, is it, that's that's to me that seems harder than. <laughs> winning the lottery even though it's not I, I said it's to <laughs> I, I said to, to Nick Vaccarese um 
I said, there's a better chance of Godzilla rising up out of the infield lake <laughs> than someone hitting 15 for 15 on uh, with one pick here, you know, one ticket or whatever, you know, one selection. Probably but, worth more than the five million. I said, five million. It's like five billion. <laughs> but wasn't Warren Buffett kind of doing that with uh, the March Madness at some point? Yeah, right. The March Madness is uh, the March Madness is probably easier. I mean, think about it. They started the rate the 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 thing off with a three to five shot, like a three to five morning line shot. Who lost? Because <laughs> uh, I mean, you want to talk about a funny looking race? <laughs> I asked Matthew O'Connor. I said, "Did you ask? Do you tell Jose to send to the lead like that?" He says, "No, I wanted to sit off Pletcher." The, the favorite, the three to five shot. So, seemed like that was a a rabbit for someone else in the field. But Ian Wilkes wound up getting the money. Thank you, you know, way to go, Ian. But um, yeah. So you start the 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 sequence off with a three to five shot going down, <laughs> which probably eliminated like ninety like ninety percent of the ticket. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and that was kind of it, you know. Then anybody that happened to be live. They were dead when the other Pletcher three to five shot. It was one to five. I'm not sure what Louis Sias was doing in that race. Uh, we're talking about the Mac McDermott, I think. Was that the race? It was the race right after the, uh, no, right before the Fountain of Youth. Yeah. That horse had been successful on the lead, and he looked like he was going to be on the lead, and he laid like ninth. Yeah. That, yeah. I still don't know what happened there. So what was your take on the all all pick five the all turf and the all dirt pick fives with the twelve percent? I like that. That's a great idea. They should do it more often. Just like I think they should also force out the Rainbow Six more often. Yeah, I mean I know jackpot bets are like the devil, but but they're not like the devil on the force out days. Then they're just no, that's what pick, I mean. They're just normal plays. I mean, twenty, albeit twenty cent pick sixes, but but they should force it out every two weeks. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you there. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good idea. I, I thought it played pretty well. I the only horse I missed was uh, who did I single? I singled a, I think it was a Pletcher horse. <laughs> It was the 10. It was a favorite. Yeah. Um, and that's the only one I missed. But doesn't get, get the job done. Almost doesn't count. But yeah, I, I definitely like the idea. Um, the premise, the takeout rate was excellent. I mean, it, it's what, you know, hardcore betters play for. Things like that. And they did it on a good day, you know, when it was a big day. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of interest, and it was perfect, as far as I can see. Is you know, not always, you know, not absolutely perfect, but as far as things lately with the the gambling product, it was definitely on point. Yeah, I think it, it was the day was a little long. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's it's difficult people to, you know, you when you start race one and around noon and this, the big cap goes off around eight o'clock Eastern. 
Uh, and I understand too that, you know, for years they've kind of made those East or Western races go off a little earlier than they would normally like to, to cater to the Eastern people. But I mean, eight hours of is not entertainment, man. Eight hours is like a job. <laughs> well, that was like the the Breeders' Cup this year. It was rough, man. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of when everything started because usually you know when they have it out west they start early you know 10 11 o'clock their time but they went on a normal schedule this year and i think i think the 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 classic went off at like nine o'clock p.m eastern yeah and i I think that is not really a horse racing decision. I think that's an NBC decision that they want to have that race in primetime on Saturday because primetime, you know, Saturdays are, are, are not the great TV days that they used to be. So no, that's true. And I get it. You know, I mean, you know, for them to pay, I don't even know what they pay. I don't even think they pay uh, to be honest. I don't, I don't think they pay squad for the, for the breeders cup, but, uh, but, um, they're just the days get to be just a little bit too long, man. And and that's kind of gotten to be an issue with some in that it's just too much of a commitment. And I mean, I can give you four or five hours. <laughs> right? But it becomes these seven hour marathons. And Derby Day is is of course like that, but a little bit of that is that um you know, TV dictates when the Derby is going to be run. And then because of the massive crowd, they have to have a couple races post-Derby just so everybody doesn't leave at the same time. Um, but even those days are just long, long, long days. And if you're at the track on those days, they just become like marathons. Well, I can give you a full disclosure how... I approached it this weekend is I took a nap and set my alarm for the fourth race at Gulfstream. (laughs) So that's that, you know, I I bypassed all the, the, the first three. And I think it was like, I don't know. I forget what time it was about one o'clock, right? One 30. So, but I was ready to go. But I, I, like you said, it was just too too long, especially those early races. I, I didn't have any interest in them at all. Yeah. And this time, you know, there's other days where, you know, sometimes the second race is the best race of the day. So, but I I chose to bypass the first three and then go from there. And then, like you said, you know, the West Coast races kind of extended the day, but. They were worth watching. I mean, <clears throat> it was very interesting. It was a good day of racing. I, I'm not disappointed by it at all. But like you said, maybe just a little tweak here and there. Give yeah, them- it's it's a it's a really long day. Yeah, um, uh, and believe me, I was at Goldstream. Um, after, I mean, I stayed and then watched those other races at Goldstream and. There, there wasn't a whole lot of people there. No, they all left. Yeah, by by the time those races were were, they were gone. Well, which is understandable too. I mean, it's yeah. just uh, you got resident Christine Lee's man. Christine Lee's was pretty packed, but 
<laughs> that's where everybody was. Yeah. <laughs> Playing on the ADW. Um, I thought the Devona Dale was a strong race this year. Um, Shug wound up winning the race with uh, uh, his filly for that that guy who just got in the like owns one horse. You know, <laughs> Kathleen O, who I don't think is named after Kathleen O'Connell, who I always think of when I see that horse's name. Ko. Uh, yeah, but uh, but that filly. Talk about hitting a jackpot. Yeah, honest. He bought, he bought one this. horse, and the horse is really good. Yeah, um, she did get helped a little bit by the the pace in that pace. race, Definitely. which seemed like it was a little faster than I thought it was going to be. And um, El Chapo's horse, that's still Asserta, by the way, El Chapo. <laughs> uh, he, he went to the lead and went fast, and um, our girl Danny and and uh, the the Brad Cox horse just kind of chased and. And just kept kept pressure, you know, the pressure up, and you know, and it's a, and Chug's horse, uh, Kathleen. Oh, she 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 broke better than she had. She didn't give herself quite as uh, quite as bad of a uh, good handicapping she has. I thought the the jock did a good job yeah. keeping that horse clear. But I think it's a pretty good. It's a pretty strong year for Phillies this year. Um, I mean, these fillies, at least on sheet numbers, are much faster than the horses that were racing last year at this time. Uh, again, the California uh, issues of Mr. Baffert kind of throw a little bit of a uh, a, a little bit of a, a, a monkey wrench in it, in that uh, he ran one two in the San Ynez, which is a fifty point Derby prep that. Uh, meant that there wasn't a whole lot of points coming out of the race. So uh, I don't know. He's got that other Philly too. Um that won by the pole. Same day Messier did. Um what's her name? The house something Philly. So as things stand, those horses are all uneligible to compete at Churchill. So well, maybe that's why none of the owners are leaving because they know they don't have a derby horse. Oh, I know, but there's, you know, there's, there's, I mean, Baffert has three horses that look like they're, you know, <clears throat> Kentucky Oaks type fillies and True. they can't run it. You know, one of the things I think that people forget too is that like everything has obviously been concentrating on, uh, the news has been focused on the derby. Everyone's concentrating on the Derby, right? The Derby preps because of the points and this and that. But Baffert's not allowed to run at, at the other tracks. Right. Any of the other tracks. days is up, right? And uh, the Naira thing kind of got put on the back burner. But with Naira, um, I think Naira's going to bond. You, you have to believe. And I'm not sure what the holdup is in the process. I really don't know. But you'd have to believe that based upon what they've claimed before, what they've tried to do, th their whole process of allowing him to have a hearing. Uh, and, and I have a hard time believing that any thing was really changed because there was really very little um, earth-shattering new stuff involved in that hearing. <laughs> so Naira originally had said that they were basing their banishment on the Kentucky 
Racing Commission's decision. Now, Kentucky Racing Commission has given them 90 days since then. So if they're going by that, what they had alluded to, then they're going to wait until the Mr. Baffert's done those 90 days before they, um, again, I, I'm, I'm assuming because there's nothing, and there's been nothing said that would make you change your mind, right? That Naira would change their stance. So if he's not allowed to race at Naira and he's not allowed to race at Churchill Downs, then you've taken away a lot of other races that Baffert's traditionally had strong hand in. Um, think about the, the horse who won in Saudi. Um, oh, Pine, Pinehurst. Pinehurst. Now, Pinehurst is not a derby horse. Pinehurst looks like a mile is, at this point is, is about his limit. Um. Now you would take a, a on a usual a normal year you would say Pinehurst would be pointing to Pat Day Mile on Derby Day to Woody Stevens on Belmont Day the Alan Jerkins at Saratoga. Uh, two of those are Grade One races. Around one turn that that horse should handle well, right? Well, it's not eligible. No. And you can say all you want. Oh well, the owners don't care about the Derby, which is a big, which is a lie. That's an L I E lie. They care. They may be stubborn enough to 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 miss it this year because they, you know, they're they're getting led down the path by the Pied Piper. But they care. You know what that reminds me of is uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off when the guy kept calling in sick to school. Yeah. And he said he's leading you down the primrose path. That's right. <laughs> but you you take a lot of their other horses and if the only tracks that you can run at you're if you're if you're looking for stake horses for Mr. Baffert, <laughs> and the only tracks you can run at are in Southern California or or low, um you come to the Gulfstream, right? Gulfstream don't have any stakes after this meets over. <laughs> he can still come. They got the they got the stakes I used to win the seventy five thousand dollar the, the Florida Sire stakes yeah yeah my horses run for thirty never win three in the winter and they'd run in the stakes in the summertime but um it it really limits your options right it's it's not like he's not a Kentucky Downs guy he doesn't have turf horses for the most part where are you gonna go it really really limits a lot of the division um you know you have three trainers got three good three-year-old fillies around two turns and and the only place you can run them at is is, is uh the black-eyed susan or california races it, it just limits your option a lot california doesn't really have uh a a, a race like um the Allen Jerkins, right? I mean, they don't have a race like the Woody Stevens. So, so how was he able to to run his horse there in New York this weekend? Well, they haven't made their decision yet. Oh, I thought I thought they did. They have not. No, I mean, they had the hearing, and the hearing officer was supposed to do his, you know, make weigh the evidence, come to a. Um, a decision and then present that decision to Naira. Uh, and I still think Naira's board of directors makes the call anyways. It's 
you know, right. that's the one thing that happens. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to quick explain what's going on with the Kentucky Racing Commission in that. And because people keep getting confused about what's going on in Kentucky. There's two separate actions against Mr. Baffert in Kentucky. One is Churchill Downs, CDI Incorporated, the company that owns Churchill Downs and all the other racetracks around the country has banned him, suspended him for two years. That's separate from the Kentucky Racing Commission uh, 90 days. It's, 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 you know, they're, 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 yes, they, they, they accomplish similar goals, but they're not really connected. Um, well, they're connected in, in, you know, the, the, the reasoning is, is the same, but well, most of the time when you get a suspension here, when the stewards, they give you a, a, a notice, you get it, you get a hearing and then they make their decision. Well, the stewards have made their decision and they give you their penalty. And most of the time you ask for a stay if you're going to appeal that steward's ruling. So in Kentucky, this of course is a unique situation. They've decided the executive director of the Kentucky horse racing commission, right? Not related to Churchill Downs. He said that he is not willing to grant a stay to, to Baffert. And if Baffert doesn't get a stay, then his days go into effect, I believe. Um, was it the 18th? No, I think oh. it was uh, earlier than that. Well, of course, he wasn't going to accept that, and, and he probably shouldn't. Um, I mean, he's gone this far, right? He's not going to all of a sudden just say, oh, yeah, screw it, I'll take the days. So he went to court to try to get an injunction. Or get a stay from the court. The, the judge in Kentucky said on Wednesday that two days from then, on Friday, the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission full board was going to meet to decide if they were going to grant Baffert's appeal of the stay. Not the appeal of the ruling, the appeal of the refusal of the stay. I know it's confusing and I haven't done the greatest job explaining this. But the judge said... Well, let me let me hear from the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. Friday, the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission had a Zoom meeting, open meeting. Anybody could watch it. Might still have a video of it. Not that exciting, but they decided in a vote of 10 to 0 to uphold the executive director's decision not to give Baffert a stay. Three of the members of the Racing Commission that have apparently felt the relationship with Baffert was such that they abstained, which is so, but it was still 10 to zero. That doesn't mean that Baffert's going to be due the days. All it means is now the judge is going to rule. I think uh, the judge put a day. I think you might be right. It might be the 18th or 19th. And the judge said, basically, he'll give a ruling at then. If Kentucky doesn't issue the stay, then he'll make his ruling on that day. Now, if the judge decides not to issue a stay, He's done. Which, which um, I I've been told is is uh, a remote possibility. It's a, a very it's it's they almost always grant stays. Stays don't really you know stays just give a chance to to have an appeal. So, um, 
it's very, very likely he's going to get the stay from the judge. He's going to have that. Then he will have his appeal of the ruling, not the appeal of the stay, the appeal of the ruling itself in front of uh, an arbitrator. And but in the end, the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission, full board, is the one who votes on whether they were overturn the steward's ruling or not. And I got to tell you, the odds of them overturning the steward's ruling are, are you know, based upon the evidence and stuff we know now, it's, it's zero. It's not going to happen. So he's going to lose that appeal. I mean, you can almost assuredly say that. Um, so the, the, the situation is, what is the timing of all this? You know, as we get closer and closer to the Derby, what we're at 60 something days away now. So we're basically two months away, and um, the clock is ticking. As, as one thing that the whole situation has shown is that, uh, you know, the wheels of justice grind slowly in this country. So, so in the end, he's going to wind up probably having to take this to civil court um, once the Kentucky Racing Commission upholds their own, their stewards' decisions, which they almost assuredly will. So it's going to wind up in civil court. The big question is this, is, and everyone's, and, and in, in the meantime, Baffert has <laughs> filed against Churchill Downs to try to get his suspension by Churchill Downs which is, of course, separate from this other stuff, he's challenging that. Now, that is a different topic <laughs> altogether, and um, I don't know. I mean, I really, I'm not a lawyer, and but I can't think of, of, of many situations where a person has sued a racetrack that's, that's used private property rights against them and have gotten back on. I mean, the Naira case was different because Naira is kind of you know considered a state actor as well not, not just a private business so so that that's that's a difficult uh that's difficult to figure out how, how that's all going to play out but at some point he's going to probably him or the owners are going to ask for an injunction now i don't under i don't know if he can ask for an injunction for a horse he trains since it's not his property I don't know. I mean, I, again, I'm not a lawyer. My question about this, and I've asked, um, you know, a couple lawyers, and, and I've actually gotten a couple uh, dissenting views, is can the owners file an injunction if they, they, they don't let their horses race? And one lawyer said, well, yes, because they can file an injunction for anything. It's just stopping the process and... You know, are they going to be material harm, this and that? But others said, well, you know, no. they've, signed a, they've signed a contract with Triple Crown Productions that agreed to the rules that are set, and it's not as though they didn't know these rules, and the courts sometimes allow um, people to solve their own issues without having to, you know, get involved with the court. I mean, they could solve their own issue. They could just have another person train the horse. The right. horses themselves aren't precluded from running. Uh, then the question is, Churchill Downs uses a point system to for eligibility. None of these horses are earning any points. So unless the race doesn't overfill, then it 
you would have to to retroactively assign them points and, and is the judge willing to do that and that that's that's question and everybody kind of you know the legal minds that i've asked have all kind of like shrugged their shoulders and i said oh one guy said he goes you know beating churchill downs in the kentucky horse race commission in kentucky courts is not that easy i was gonna say that that's got to be a tall task no matter how you uh-huh. <laughs> So there, it's it's like a stove with like three pots of boiling water, and I think people a lot of times when you read, like the people on Facebook, Facebook horse horse racing Facebook, like that that's like a that that's like a nuclear uh, like Holocaust zone, right? <laughs> yeah, I could. I mean, I understand? It's, how it's like a wasteland of of of, worse. of of like total it's worse know, than Twitter which nonsense. I mean, possible. Oh, it's just horrible. It's it's just people just they they come up with these these theories and just oh. But that's just like it's like it's like a a stove with like three pots of boiling water. You got the the Baffert, um, you know Churchill Downs issue. You got the Baffert Naira issue. You got the Baffert Kentucky horse racing issue. And we're probably going to put another pot on once these injunctions start to start to be filed. But I mean, the you know. In the end, the best thing that might happen is the Baffert horses just start running bad, <laughs> right? If they run bad. One thing Baffert's shown is that he, he's not a guy that goes over there with horses that, like, have no prayer very often, right? Most of the time they, they've got, they've at least, they're in, in, in good form, and occasionally he's got, um, his own horses are in better form than his other entries, but just a freaking mess. Yeah, easily solved too. <laughs> and like an idiot, I said earlier. Oh well, at least you know the Baffert thing. What there was, there wasn't much going on there this week. You know, just uh, what we thought was going to happen. Going to happen. The Kentucky Horse Racing Commission is going to uphold its own, you know, its own judgment. You know? It's kind of a screwed up thing, though. Really, if you really think about it, very screwed up. Thing. That you you have to appeal. Your your appeal gets heard by the people who are the bosses of the people who originally heard your case <laughs> just kind of a stack the deck man it's a little bit of a deck sticking well um this weekend we got the tampa bay derby yeah we got right. cc right. cc is, is shipping to uh to uh oakland oakland right yeah. yeah she's taking her act on the road again she she did it last year she came to Gulfstream and won the uh What's the race they have now? The the boys is a smile sprint. I forget the the female version. <laughs> the female version of the smile sprint. She won that, so she can take her act on the road. And she won at Ghost. I mean, at at Oakland before, correct? Yeah, yeah. She won the Apple Blossom in twenty twenty. So, but now she's you know stretching back out. Interesting. In the Aziri, just prep for the uh, the apple blossom. So this is the race before the race. This is the race before the race. Maybe she doesn't want to win this one. She wants to win the other one. Is Latruska going to show up over there? No, she just ran. Oh. I mean, I'm talking about for the apple blossom. Uh, that I, I would that was in the plan. That that I would assume, yes. <clears throat> I would assume that she's going to go for that. 
Oh, get stormy died today, man. Yeah, I saw. That's too bad. You know what really surprised me when I saw that? He's 16 years old. 16. Yeah, I was like, what? I saw the age. I was like, holy cow. If you had asked me, I'd have said he's 10, 9. I would have said 9 or 10. Or yeah, eight. I was really surprised. That was too bad. I mean, he's he's a pretty decent you know, turf style. He doesn't get much on the dirt, but... But, um... Yeah, that was that was too bad. Well, no, with Tampa Bay Derby card. When did they draw that card? To, tomorrow? Or I believe. Time? Maybe Wednesday. When would they? I, maybe it is tomorrow. I didn't ask. I should ask. I don't know. It's probably tomorrow. It's probably tomorrow, I would say. Yeah. Worked out again, so I guess he's ready for the fair ground hooks, but she would have fifty or five and fifty nine. So well one thing, you know, that came out of this weekend, more questions than answers, to be honest with you. As far as the derby preps go, then it really didn't clear up anything for me. <laughs> no, no, you know, I, that is true. Ran the same way, didn't didn't wow me, but beat everybody else. You know, out west, I don't know what to make of that with the small field and Forbidden Kingdom just running off. I'm a little uh, suspect of Forbidden Kingdom's um, Did- female side. It, it's it's a little it's it's really sprint orientated, and uh, I know he's had a couple like mile sixteenth or mile winners. The dam has, but uh, I, I don't know about a mile and a quarter. It, it might be. It might be a little too much. And then in New York, same sort of situation. Morel looked good, but who did he beat? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't but. have any. I, I don't have any real expectations for those horses in the Derby. Uh, the, and like you said, the the Gulfstream race kind of became a chaotic situation, and you know. Fact that they didn't show replay, which really kind of drove me crazy. Um, you know, you want to watch at least you know get to see the race over again. Well, I guess um, I'm standing firm with the every every prep that's run now makes Epicenter look that much better. Yeah, <laughs> because I don't think Epicenter is is like a true runoff type. Need the lead. I think that horse can sit. I mean, when we look at the the Fountain of Youth, uh, oh, Captain was third. Mm. Yeah, I was I was seeing, you know, they had this little contest or whatever where you pick the winner in the last horse, and a lot of O Captains. Yeah, O Captain was like third. three to five to be last, but he he, <laughs> he actually ran pretty good. And interestingly <laughs> enough, he came from way out of it. Way back. He was, he was last. Way out of it, like not even in in the picture. Which you know, considering he was sprinting on the lead, is only two starts. But that, it also makes you question the you know the strength of that race as well. Not that he wasn't eligible to move up and 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 run a good 
thing I but I mean, at least a few blue running fifteens. Manuals running eights, they were third fourth. Yes. I just don't I just don't think but he's a nice horse. He kind of puts the pace and he, he to me looks like a horse that just wants one turn. Who old captain? He's a pretty good horse. Team delivers. Oh, okay, yeah. He looks like a sprinter to me. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought Emmanuel is kind of similar to like known agenda. I think they have the same kind of feel to them at this point in the Derby Trail because it wouldn't surprise me if Emmanuel comes back and wins the Florida Derby, let's say. That would not surprise me. Yeah. And then, you know, that that would that would kind of really prove that these are not really he's really right. not better. He's not really remember known agenda had run a mile on an ace in November. Yeah, in the Remsen. He he had already done it. And then he ran that sluggish race at Tampa where he just Tampa. got way behind and I mean he kind of had the Mo Donegal, you know, was was ran similar last time to how known agenda ran at Tampa. Mo Mo Donegal ran at uh Got a little fever. They scratched him. I don't know if he had post twelve fever, but Putcher's points to Wood, which makes me think that he actually does have a you know that that was a legit um, excuse because I don't know why he would suddenly just take a month off. There's other preps that he could have surely been nominated Bay Derby. So, so that puts him in a, on a uh, nice. Yeah. Um, It's a wide open year, right? Year, but I don't think it's a very good year. I just don't think it's a very strong year. Uh, like you said, we had last week we had uh, the Arkansas race, which didn't really clear anything up. <laughs> this this week's we had three that didn't really clean anything up, clear anything up. Uh, I just, uh, I mean, who's the favorite? <laughs> I'd, I'd have to say Epicenter right now. Maybe Classic Causeway. And it, especially if that horse wins on Saturday. He wins the kingdom. Saturday, he definitely will be a front runner in, in the favoritism spectrum, but not a strong one. No, and he hasn't been a favorite in uh, his last race. He wasn't even no. a favorite last race. Yeah, it's a real bizarre year, man. But I'm here for it because that means there's just some chaos on the horizon. Chaos every week. Some, of course, we say it's chaos every week, but except for the Pegasus, we, we, we basically had three chalks winning, winning. <laughs> I know <laughs> three races, and and uh, what's his name? Tis the bomb chalked it out up at the, the John Battaglia. Yeah, John Battaglia, Mike Battaglia's dad. I don't know. I've always wondered that. I was like, I wonder if they're related. They should have not, a, a Mike not a Battaglia. common name, not a common surname. You know, what they I mean? should have a Mike Battaglia race and, and have him call it. That would be interesting. Yeah, tis the bomb. Tis the bomb should stay on synthetic or turf or whatever. He doesn't need to be running on the dirt anymore. So he almost got beat. <laughs> 
<laughs> he did almost get beat. He did. That he did. But, um... Yeah, that, that race is... That's just Churchill down. Uh, and I get it. I mean... It's it, their track. I mean, you it's never right. know if they could come out of that race and run well. You never know, especially in a year like this. But no, 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 we know. Not likely. We know. <laughs> we, know. we already know. Give up some hope. You know. Thankfully, I mean? they only get ten points. Yeah. Yeah, um, but the the Ruby Stakes stakes is a hundred pointer, which is just a, a travesty. I actually, we should organize some sort of protest. Yeah, how we should we should have people picketing outside. Yeah, Florence Y'all signs. Florence Y'all. Yeah. Stop the madness, Florence yeah. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The regular horses are are are, are want to file suit against this race for <clears throat> masquerading as a derby horse. No, really, they you get two horses in from that race. We should sue and- Churchill Downs over that. Everyone else is suing him. <laughs> it's an affront to our senses. I'd rather see Japanese horses in there. At this rate, yeah. They'll probably well, win. Japanese horses win everything everywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, they probably win. I thought Speaker's Corner looked awful good. <laughs> I, uh, I, I talked about that horse on Friday, too. And I said, I, I thought that horse was the most likely winner on the day he's a super standout he he needed his last race and he still you know what i mean he ran mm-hmm. well needed that that race on pegasus day and drilled him <laughs> and then he comes back and just just absolutely destroys that field he's a good horse yeah he's he a good horse uh, i didn't hear where they were gonna go with him but i'm thinking that my Maybe Dubai. What? For oh. real? Well, that would make sense, but he's a Godolphin horse. That's their race, and I mean the timing's a little tight. But um, are there any other American horses going over there for that? Life is good. <laughs> I mean, no. Got... Oh, you mean for the big race? I thought you meant the. the the Godolphin mile or whatever it is. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't even know who's going. Cause there's a mile race, right? They got a one term mile race there too. That would be a better spot. I mean, it is, it is kind of quick coming back, but I mean, there's not, what else is there going one turn? Um, I think the Carter is on, you know, that'd be cutting back to seven ace on wood day. That's also running on that, that, screwy New York winter track where it's so damn slow. It's tough to watch races <laughs> on that surface, man. Tough when they start spitting out those fractions and it's like man. It's just hard to, to gauge that, you know. It's it's just so slow. No, it looks like they're running on a record player. Yeah, it's it's tough when a horse Runs a hole in the wind and goes mile from one thirty nine and two. (laughs) 
Any other preps this weekend? No. Tampa, the only only game in town. I think Tampa's the only uh, the only derby prep this week. Yeah. Well, get the spotlight. Um, I think Tampa, and then I don't think there's any derby preps for a couple weeks after that. Um, yeah, Tampa's next week, and then, and then on the on, on the twenty sixth, uh, there's the UAE Derby. Yeah. There's the Louisiana Derby. Uh, there's some race in Japan that nobody cares about. And on the 27th, on the Sunday, is the Sunland Derby returns. Hmm. So that's on the 27th. That's a 50-point race. It's still hard for me to believe that the Sunland Derby is a 50-point race. And the Sam Davis <laughs> and, the, and the Robert Lewis and the, the Holy Bull and the Southwest are 10-point are, are races. Yeah, that's amazing. That that just to me is like, come on, Churchill, fix this. Come on, Ben Huffman. No, it's probably not his call, but that 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 needs to be fixed. They gotta stop this. Oh, it's like college basketball. It's nothing like college basketball. No one looks at it like that. Stop, stop, just stop. But yeah, we have uh, we have no preps the week after this. The Tampa Bay prep, and then we have those preps. The following week is uh, is when the big guns start to come out, and right, Florida Derby's on the second, right? Florida Derby, Arkansas Derby, and Jeff Ruby debacle is on the second of April, and on April 9th, the following week, uh, the closeout, the Wood, the Bluegrass, and the Santa Anita Derby. With of course the Lexington on uh, April sixteenth at Keeneland, which is the last chance derby. Chance. Imagine if a judge said to Baffert, "All right, I'm going to grant you an injunction, but I'm not going to give you the points." And all the horses had to run in the, the Lexington. You had to have like six. Yeah, it's like seven horses. <laughs> all of them are in there because it'd be the last chance to earn points. <laughs> oh God. It's almost comical. It is comical. It really is. At this point, yeah. I mean, it really is. Well, hopefully this year you can not have uh, the mayor sell your shirt for the Derby Day. There's not. There's no mayor coming. I don't believe. No mayor sighting this year, huh? Oh, the mayor is is laying low, and I think he's making a big Derby run this year. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And we need to get. The mayor is a bit domesticated, by the way. So I, I see this. I mean, yeah. even his, his Facebook posts are, are softer than normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's softened him up. Yeah, he's 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 definitely toned down. He complains about the gas prices a lot, but who doesn't? <laughs> Gotta get lightning rod back in the mix. Uh, he was a sanity of this weekend. Yeah, I, I heard. <laughs> he, he saw the America's guest, Scotty Everett, out there. He was out there subbing for Tom Morley unsuccessfully. But uh Yeah, Rodney Rodney, you know, Rodney sneaks over to the track. You don't you know, Rodney's plans are rarely ever to fold. Gotta respect that though, you know. You don't want the paparazzi out there. I feel it. He's just you know, he can't have that. You gotta be like like Kanye West with the shades on and 
try to be incognito until somebody tries you with a uh especially at Santa Anita with a brownie Sunday, then you have to go all out. Brownie Sunday. <laughs> I wish I had a brownie Sunday. So right wait, now. we're just gonna go Batman and Robin again for the for the for the Florida Derby? I think so. I all think right. it's us. <laughs> well, hopefully, well, thankfully, it's going to be warmer than the Pegasus. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee you. I will make that weather prediction right now. I will guarantee you it'll be warmer for the Florida Derby. It'll be warmer in the in, in the beer cooler. Man. On Florida Derby Day than it was on, on Pegasus Day. I keep telling that story and I was like, it was so cold. <laughs> and people were like, what do you mean? It was 60. 60. Yeah, but it was so cold. 60 is like 12 here. Oh man, it's muggy out right now. I'll tell you that it's raining here and it's hot. Yeah, it's back to it's back to hot. It's back to hot. So I like it. I'll take it. Um, I know that there's been a lot of talk already comparing the, the seemingly over the top sanctions applied <laughs> to Calvin Ridley, the NFL football player who apparently bet on some games though he was not an active player when he did make those bets and they were parlays i mean it wasn't like he was you know had any kind of information and i don't think he won either um which kind of telling you after the michael sanchez thing and isn't that if you could somehow become a personal bookmaker to professional athletes or jockeys oh, killing and you wouldn't need to work. <laughs> them, guys, them guys are terrible. Because <laughs> you'd be really naive to think that Calvin Ridley's the only one. Well, Calvin Ridley gets a year suspension. And Yeah, I think he only got a year because he wasn't active at the time. <laughs> you know, and... Saved him. The owner of the Miami Dolphins is <clears throat> accused of... And supposedly there's, there is evidence, too. It's It's... The lawyers have said, no, we have evidence. This isn't just a he said, she said. Uh, uh, he's been accused of, of paying his coach to lose games. Now, which is worse to you? An owner paying a coach $100,000 a game to lose games intentionally or a player who's not currently playing? Well, it makes you think that... The- betting $1,500... Well, the the owner obviously because you could even say, oh well, he was paying this guy a hundred thousand to lose games while betting <laughs> multiple hundreds of thousands on no, his the, losing. It's not you know, and I'm not claiming that that Calvin Ridley shouldn't be penalized in some ways. I mean, obviously, they all know they can't bet; they're not supposed to bet. At least you know they they should know. Um, he knew he was tweeting about it, right? And you know, clearly, they they had to do something, but uh, a a year suspension just seems, it just seems over the top, and this is not this is not Paul Horning days. You know, Paul Horning got suspended a year, but Paul Horning was betting big tickets, and he was betting them through illegal bookmakers. Right, he was doing it through the the month long app that we had. Here yeah, in Florida. <laughs> exactly. In his own name. That's why. So, that's you know. What you want to penalize the guy. You want to. You want to make him miss 
four games, half the season, whatever. All right, fine. That's that's you know. But a year when you're not going to do anything, when Daniel Snyder like sexually harasses like a a a, a, a list of every cheerleader and, and and like some of the horrible things that he did. I mean, Daniel Snyder's a scumbag, but because he's a billionaire, you know, he's allowed to to, to keep the team. You got Ross paying team to lose, or trying to pay the coach to lose. Uh, the coach of Cleveland said that he had evidence that he was offered money to to lose, and he was really good at it. He might have he might have made real bank because he he did a lot of losing over. Well, he he definitely years. tried. They, yeah. They, oh yeah. Had Mayfield in there. They were they were they were Bound doing some some serious losing over there, but but it's just kind of. Like I said, I I understand the the need to penalize people. You understand a need to uh, make sure that uh, at least the illusion exists that the games are on the up and up. But um, well, that's why it's so mind boggling about this Ridley situation because I, you know, one of my good friends played in the NBA for years, and I know if he really wanted to bet on a game he didn't have to use his name in order to do it. Oh, of course not. I mean, that's why I was like, well, what, what the hell was he thinking? I'd be honest. I, I think he thought he wasn't playing, you know, he had voluntarily sat out. Right. I mean, it wasn't like, that's he right. Was, he had voluntarily like left. And I, I believe that even though he was still getting paid, that he believed that he wasn't privy to those rules. Probably. Yeah, I mean that. It's, it's not the. I mean that the. It's not the wildest contention in the world, no. right? I'm not saying he was right about it, but what I'm saying is the penalty seems way over the top for a player who isn't actively playing. That didn't, you know, that was betting like five team parlays, um, and not winning either. I'd love to see the bets just to see who he thought would win. So. <laughs> Clearly, he wasn't good at it. No. Well, I I mean, I know we laugh about it, but, you know, well, we don't particularly laugh at it exactly per se, but, I mean, gambling addiction is a problem. Yeah. I, I know a guy. He was a groom. He was a really good groom. He worked for a very, very high-profile trainer and rubbed a lot of really good horses, horses you would know. Not horses you would know. Horses you would know, know, you know? Mm-hmm. And he had a terrible gambling problem. And I remember it was a Friday. We were at Goldstream, the old Goldstream. This is back going back a ways now. And he was winning. And we were betting California simulcasts because we were total degenerates. And Santa Anita was over. And there was like one more race from Bay Meadows or Golden Gate or whatever was open at the time. One race left. Just loaded it all up. Didn't he, he was up like $1,500. I think he was making like 400 a week. So he was... Ahead of the game. Way ahead of the game. So fast forward a couple hours. And I'm home and got... Uh, I had a friend over. <laughs> you know, got a friend, right? So um, it was about, I don't know, 11, 15... And the door, someone at the door, 
and they keep knocking. And he says, I see your truck's here. I know you're here. So we had to uh, call a halt to the festivities momentarily. And I had to go answer the door. And it's this guy. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? And he's like, I need to borrow 50. I said, hold on, man. <laughs> well, I left you up 400, 1400. And there was only one more race left. Like, and, and back then, after the last California race was over, it was over. I was Nothing. like, they closed, they closed right. shop. Like, I was like, what happened? Oh, man, I, I was on a roll and I felt lucky. And he goes, I even cashed in that last race at Bay Meadows or wherever. I was like, I said, so why got my house broke? He says, I figured I was hot, so I'll go over to the dog track. Oh, man. He went to the dog track. He walked to the dog track on foot from Gulfstream, which isn't that far. Nothing too far, no. But far enough. Far enough. It just It's just far enough to be and like. And he didn't what? just lose back his winnings. He lost everything. He was down to zero. And then he walked. I lived right by 95, I-95. So he walked from the dog track. All the way to my house, which is why I got there at 11 o'clock or 1130 or whatever it was. So, of course, I gave him 50 bucks. You know, I figured, well, hell, there's nothing left to bet. And that to me was like, holy shit, man, this guy's got a problem. <laughs> you know, yeah. like there was literally no races left and he still wound up losing all his money back. And with and that was when it was harder to find things to bet on, not like it is now. No, oh, it was twenty four hours, man. Twenty four hours, and there's all kinds of things to bet. Not only horse racing, or or there's not even much dog racing left, or trotters, or quarter horses, or other countries. But with sports, what? there's like people are betting on ping pong and and Ugh. all kinds of. Tennis, fall asleep tennis gets an unbelievable on. amount of money bet on it internationally. It's like it's like incredible. Like you wouldn't believe, but tennis is like a huge wagering sport. Really? Yeah. Um, but it's it is a it is an issue. It is a thing. I mean, there are people that that just uh, that just can't stop, and and we don't think of those people when we see the expansion of gambling. To the point where it's just everywhere, and uh, it lives you know, everywhere too. Yeah, it's 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 bad. But you know, you look at a guy like that kid, Michael Sanchez. His problem is gambling or depression, or whatever. You you know, he bet against himself, but man, he beat himself all the time. He didn't make money either. That's the other thing. That guy was sending in more on races from fairgrounds or somewhere else than he was betting on his own races. I mean, the guy's got a gambling problem, and and maybe that gambling problem stemmed from another issue he has. Right. Again, I'm not saying he's right or, or, or either. He should he should get a long suspension. He he needs to step away and, and get his life back in order. Because if you're a jockey and you, and you start to do well in a track like Parks where the money is as good as it is and then you're riding two or three other places during the week, I mean, these guys making $25,000 in a week is not unheard of. You have a good week. You win a couple stakes somewhere. You make $20,000 a week. 
And you have a gambling problem? Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. That's what I mean. And this this is what this is, you know, when people get desperate, that's 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 when we have issues. So but like you said, you're opening up accounts in your own name, your own social security with your own address, with your own phone number. I mean, that's that's almost like crime to get caught. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I'm not even sure why I went there other than just to to say that, you know, acknowledge that there there are people that have issues and it's not a uh it's probably not being addressed as, as much as it should because as you said, the gambling is everywhere. Totally. Well give it give the people something to think about when they, you know, talk bad about either of those individuals. Because <clears throat> you never know. I mean, you never know what somebody's going through. No, no, that's true. That's true. And believe me, there are plenty of people in our sport that have done things gambling-wise that are way, way, way worse. And that doesn't condone it. Of course it doesn't condone it. But you know, people forget there was an incident or series of incidents in the 70s in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, jockeys got got hammered pretty good over it. It's hard to believe that that was the only place. Um, but it, it goes back kind of around to what we have harped on a lot about the regulation and who regulates the regulators and are they doing more than just the bare minimum? And is that acceptable to the management? Because in the end, these guys are still employees. And maybe a employee that was... Um, what's the word? Uh, not motivated, but maybe someone who was a little bit more uh, <clears throat> willing to think out of the box, go a little bit... Uh, go above and beyond a little bit, you know, to, to, to do a little bit more. You have to remember, these guys are still working for somebody. And if the people that they work for don't condone it, then they can't do it. Correct. That's... Um, it goes that's... back to those three words, you know, safety, integrity, transparency. Yes, and they, they need to stop being used as as excuses instead of uh, what they should be for, which you know, goals, they should be goals, not excuses. Right. Being proactive with those goals rather than reactive when something happens. Yes. Get out. Right. Ahead. <laughs> I like that. Barry's three words. There you go. Yeah. Again, we, we just want what's best for the business of racing. What's best for the game will be better for everyone. And it just seems like a, such a simple concept, but it just isn't followed. It just isn't followed. It just isn't followed. And that's that's something that, um, you know, needs to be addressed. 
we have too many questions man there's just too there's just every week like we have fodder every single we have stuff we don't we don't even get to literally i mean you know oh, we, we didn't even oh uh, uh, <laughs> i almost <laughs> forgot we, we didn't even get to the 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 chrb's investigation of itself which of course you know everybody was you know nothing to see here don't worry uh we're gonna change protocols well you guys changed protocols and this is what we got we got a complete debacle disaster but nobody has to uh walk the plank for it nobody walks the plank and i'm not just saying hey let's just fire people do these, does anyone get an official reprimand? Because every single person involved, including the executive director, who should have been on top of this, who is really the cause of the entire thing, he gets to act like he, he's, you know, offended or immune to everything. That's where the buck should stop. You guys suck, okay? Stop being arrogant. You suck. Everyone thinks you do a terrible job. Maybe those politicians don't. And yeah, I guess that's who you got to answer to. But they suck too. <laughs> and there's going to be new ones in there eventually, right? There's going to be new ones. I hate to get fired up this late in the show, but man. Like, that was the biggest... That, that, that was the most... Can't even find the words... That was the biggest piece of crap investigation I ever saw. Like they didn't even invest it. They didn't even interview the jockeys. That's how can you do an interview? How can you do an investigation into that and, and not even talk to the jockeys? Oh, they're foreign. Oh, they don't have phones. Right or email. <laughs> yeah. Get them on the record somehow. Twenty twenty two, man. They got Zoom. Zoom call it. But this is the, this is the thing, the California Horse Racing Board's investigator investigates the California Horse Racing's <laughs> screw up. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect? And, and I guess like the question would be, well, who should investigate it? I don't know. Don't ask me. Guess not them. Don't ask me. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I you know. But it's almost like I wish they just didn't even investigate it. I wish they just said, ah, it happened, it screwed up, we'll fix it next time. Because as it is, no one believes it's going to be fixed. Everyone believes that something like this could happen again because no one has any any faith in, in anything. And that's a lot of stuff in horse racing that, that people say, oh, well, we'll get to the bottom of this. And no one ever gets to the bottom of anything. Just like when Bob Baffert was going to hire the, the vet from... Uh, uh, kentucky uh clinic to to kind of run his uh barn more efficiently and better and provide protocol and uh you know fail safes and things like that and no uh, you know he never did it and then the next thing you know he's in trouble again but that's a racing thing you know we're gonna have a we're gonna have a hearing on friday what's gonna come out of it like we should actually have a contest like what what are the quotes gonna be because you guys can name them right you know what it's gonna be well we talked to them and, you know we're, we're, we're gonna give three days for you know lack of effort okay that's fine great whatever 
<laughs> that's how they they just wanted to say something just to get it off their plate. It's, it's like everyone's bitching at Paco, but you know, Luis Saez two times this weekend just came right out, left them up both times. I mean, they're both you know kind of close calls, but it's getting to be the point where. If you let rough riding go, it's going to keep happening. Why is this so difficult to understand? Yeah. I don't understand, Barry. Why? Why? It's lost. Like It, it just it is completely lost at this point in time where, you know, over and over again, you see these things happening. And over and over again, nothing happens. So, you know, given somebody in the jockey's position, why wouldn't you do it? It's almost like inviting them to be like, yeah, go ahead. And they'll take their chances. Almost like this whole thing they did out in, in California where they penalize people for a whip rule. Yeah, right. We we were so we were so, you know, like over the top counting how many strikes we had. Oh my god. But now, you know. It's just stupid. It's just, it's just stupid, man. Yeah, this definitely needs to be tightened up to the point where, you know, just keep your horse straight, man. <laughs> just keep him straight. I'm frustrated by it. And it's, it's just, it's just frustrating because they are three words. Safety, integrity, transparency. Those are all kind of uh, missing. And the truth is, nothing's going to get done. It's, 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 we're just, we are just fighting an uphill battle. Because the management of racetracks who employ most of the stewards, they just think in their eyes they have better things to do than worry about that. Yeah, but that that's what I always say, you know, control the controllables. You have the you have the ultimate control of this, and it can be stopped or at least mitigated, slowed down, you know, cleaned up, if you will. But doing nothing isn't the answer. Be transparent about. Yeah, I don't understand why that's so difficult either. It's like, this is what we did. This is how we're going to handle it, and that's that. It's pretty simple, and and people will accept it. You know, whether they like it or not, if you tell them, they'll be like, "All right, well, you may not like it, but at least you told us." (laughs) Yeah. Instead of these backroom type deals or. You know, nobody knows what really goes on, so they're just going to speculate, and it just makes it worse, especially in the age of social media where things can spread like wildfire. Got to stop pretending everyone's stupid. I think that's kind of the irony of the situation is that people in racing don't understand it. Everyone thinks they're stupid, and yet they think everyone else is stupid. It's like a stupid off. (laughs) 
stalemate. Just, just, you know. But, you know, and I've, I've said this before, a lot of the stuff, you know, small stuff can be stopped, you know, to the point where we can control that. Some There are some bigger issues that would take more time, effort, that whole thing, but clean up the small stuff before it turns into bigger stuff. And, and, you know, it's like almost every time you see an inquiry go up, especially when a horse herds or is, you know, being herded, it just makes it worse because it's not being cleaned up every single time those lights flash. I mean, you see it every time an inquiry goes up on Twitter, it just goes absolutely bananas. Yeah. And I don't I don't really blame them for that because it's just gone on too far and it's like, you know, some people just don't know how to handle it and they don't know what to believe. So they're just going to be like, "Oh, well, you know, maybe it's a conspiracy. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's this." Well, if you have nobody out there saying or giving information on it, that's what's going to happen. People are going to speculate. Yeah, no doubt. You know, like by failing to to make statements and and make statements that are um, that aren't insults to everyone's intelligence, right? Like like saying stuff that we all know is nonsense doesn't help; it makes it worse. But but you 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 feed into the the feeding frenzy of paranoia when you don't say anything or you say something that's garbage, that's obvious nonsense. Yeah. Just the pacifier, basically. And and that doesn't work either. You got to be truthful. You got to be, you know, forthcoming with information that people can grab onto and, and make sense of a situation. Of course. That's, and, 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 and you know, you go, you, you go back to that issue of um, we don't have a lot of racing media that is, they're not, and, and the stuff, you know, the, the, the media we have. Uh, they get chastised sometimes for for being um, harsh. You know, call, they're called, you know, uh, you're, you're against the sport, or, or you know, no, that's not it. They're looking for answers and tired of getting the nonsense. But uh, it, it's it's uh, well, that, that's not just I mean, us. Obviously, that's. That society in general, <laughs> but um, but you know, from our standpoint, and and most of this stuff is a whole lot less serious than than you know, some of the real stuff that's going on. True, uh, but like you said, control the controllables, and and try and address the problem. Address it, like acknowledge it. Right. Say, hey, not a huge um, ask. You, know, you no. know what I mean? It's not a huge ask for somebody to to come out or present a statement that that's truthful not just something to kind of get people off your back and said oh we said something so there you know i i challenge anyone to show me over the last at least since we've been doing this podcast which is coming up on two years in may i challenge anyone to to show me where an industry group or an industry leader has addressed the problem of stewards decisions and uh how 
show me where they said that we need to fix the system and not Pat Cummings. He doesn't count, <laughs> but, um, and believe me, Pat's as, as a thorn in, in, in people's sides as much as anything, because he asks the questions and, you know, he gets stonewalled as well, but like who, who's actually addressing these problems? I mean, how, 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 how far do we have to go back to say, Hey, like this is an issue. And, yeah, we've always had stewards' inquiries, and there's always going to be some controversy, and it's very rare that there's going to be 100% um, agreement on it. But it's getting worse, and, and people, the world's a smaller place. We're seeing these things, like, as they happen. I mean, we're getting replays, like, you know, we don't have to wait the next day. or We have to wait six hours for until it's on, uh, you know, on the replay show. Instant, <laughs> yeah. So people have the ability to break these things down, right? They have they have the ability to to put slow mos on and 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 like uh, you know get the telestrator out there and start putting zigzags and arrows and like stop acting like everyone's stupid. The Lascano thing was was all over the internet literally two minutes after it happened. Exactly. Not even, not even. the race the race wasn't even official yet. And I saw videos on it. Right. And and that's the thing is, is and you know, like it's just so frustrating. It is. I hear you. It's so frustrating because um, we just worry about like so much in this business that just isn't all that big of a deal and the stuff that is a big deal is because it's a little complicated, a little harder to just you know, doing this or that. You know, or, or you get the defeatist attitude. The defeatist attitude is really the one that gets me the worst. Especially people are they're getting paid well. <laughs> really well. Some people are getting paid wildly well. And they say, well, you know, what are we going to do? How can we fix it? You know, I don't know. Hire smarter people. Put protocols in. Have oversight. Question. Don't just let it be business as usual. That's four ideas for free. You don't have to hire McKinsey for that. How how the the how stewards, the entire role of stewards, the only thing that they wanted to include in HISA for the stewards was stewards' meetings about medication positives. And believe me, medication problems. I know it's people think that it's this giant thing but for the most part there aren't that many medication positives there just aren't and most of them are just they're just not that big of a deal they just aren't um believe me if you tested horses that finished last you a lot of those would have the same drugs in them that the horses that you catch when they they test first yeah and a lot, it's a terrible, 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 terrible system because it just is, it's just, but I don't even want to go into it. But what I'm saying is that, that they just made so many errors and it didn't have to be like, if you put me in charge of the thing, right, I would have said, well, let's give the people something that they can see, right? Like, what do they see every day? Races. <laughs> What do we have almost every single day somewhere? 
inquiries. Rules of racing. Why are the rules of racing different in different states? That makes no sense. It's the same thing. Same same race. The races are run the same way. Exactly. <laughs> Every, why right? is it? So, so why wasn't that taken into consideration? Why wasn't that uh, an issue? Why wasn't that big enough? That That's a huge issue. Huge issue. And it's something that's tangible to people. Something you see. It's, some, it's something that, that everyone, owners, trainers, bettors, jockeys, it affects breeders, it affects sales, it affects everybody. It affects everyone. It's a safety issue. It's a transparency issue, and it's an integrity issue. But Barry Spears. The buzzwords. Buzzwords for racing. But but it is. And, and somehow or another, it, it, they've decided that it was more important to regulate crop rules. So one place you can hit them six times, one place you can hit them eight times. Like, we need a federal law to fix that. Meanwhile... Derby preps, the horse is doing backflips, and nobody knows nothing. Nobody knows nothing, man. <laughs> well, that's ending on a high note, but uh, but we will we will be there at Tampa on Saturday. You damn right, we will. My 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 ride. If if my ride gets scratched, I need a ride from South Florida to to Tampa. If anyone's he's not scratching. Military. Running the, he's running in the turf race. I say militarist is running in the turf race. I thought. Is he running the turf race? Or running in the uh, the dirt race? I think it's the dirt race. Oh, okay. He better come. All right. I might not need to run. <laughs> Eddie C offered me a ride, but he he drives really small cars, man. Well, Eddie C is not that big of a guy. No. He's like chubby jockey size. Yep, that's a good way to put it. This car's too small. But, um, yeah, it should be fun. And hopefully the rain holds off or it's. It, I, I heard it's weird. only going to be in the morning. So we'll see. I'm going to tell the, the people, you know, I'm going to make a couple phone calls and tell them to push it off till Sunday. Bombini, he, he's got some pull in that department. <laughs> Yeah, it should be a good time. It's always a pretty good card. And Tampa's a fun track. It it, it is. It's it's, it's the, the Rockingham sister track. Yeah, it, it's it's like uh, I was describing it to someone the other day. I said it it's like Ellis Park, but not quite so hot usually. And <laughs> <laughs> they don't have that stupid shoot, and <laughs> they don't set the world record on the turf every race. I was going to say the turf is much better. No, it's it's like an old school kind of place. If you never went there, it's, it's kind of a you know, it's it's a throwback track. It's a it really is. You know, it's a it's a nice little it's a nice little facility. Our man Gino, I'm sure he'll be there. Oh yeah, Gino. So should be a good time and. Like I said, if anyone's around, definitely make sure you, you, you come out. Sid, is Sid coming? Yes, Sid will be there. Sid will be there. Did our man Matt say, is, is he going to be here or is he going to be out of town? Is he gonna uh, be he's going to be out of town. 
Yeah. Cruising, I believe. Yeah. He's doing a lot of cruises. I've never been on a cruise. Hmm. Go try that. Going on a cruise is like living the mayor's life, except you're on a boat. All you do is you lay around in the sun, you eat, and you drink. Pretty much that's it. I could do that for a couple of days. Which which is what the mayor does, you know, like, he lays around in the sun, he he eats, and he drinks. That's what you do on a cruise. He's got a a Floridian temperament. He needs to get out of... (laughs) <laughs> toga get to warm weather 20 20- i don't know man he's setting up some <laughs> setting up shop okay well yeah, i'm supposed to, i'm supposed to plan the bachelor party talk oh, about pressure my talk God. about talk about pressure man that's that's like setting that, that's uh, a lot of pressure because you know how he rolls it, it's like setting up a uh like an oscars party for dicaprio like high standards here. Yeah, how do you do that? That's oof, man. Those guys, they they had a. When I got married, believe me, I was under. The, uh, I was in a temporary coma when I decided to do that. But whatever, <laughs> those guys did throw an epic bachelor party. Downtown Saratoga, and it spilled out. There was people laying. In- oh, I remember you told me a couple of those stories. Oh man. They found one guy in a bush sleeping. Happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scotty Everett was there too, flying his wares. America's guest. Yes. It was uh it was it was something else. It was the highlight. As a matter of fact, we should have quit there while we were ahead. <laughs> <laughs> lives have been different. Stop right there. Totally Stop different. the race, man. <laughs> stop that race yeah it'll be ha- you know it'll be a it'll be a happening but uh but he's he's you know i don't know when it's gonna be but soon anyways you got to come to saratoga this year yes we're gonna have we're gonna have some some definite uh parties and presents in saratoga this year okay i'm down for sure there's just no reason life's too short man yeah i feel you <laughs> so so everyone thank you for listening as usual and uh feel free to comment going in circles at gmail or going in circles podcast at gmail you can hit barry up on twitter you can hit me up on twitter you can hit us up on facebook too but man it's such a drag over there <laughs> It's really oof. horse racing groups are rough these days. Man, it's, it's it's the mean streets of Facebook. Believe me, you make any kind of comments at all, oh, you're, man. You're, you're, you're you're subject to savaging. <laughs> that's that's putting it mildly. Oh man! Uh, all right, like I said, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Next week we'll uh, we'll talk about the adventures of Barry at uh, at the camp. We'll see our man Beamy. We'll see Sid. We'll see all the usual cast of characters, and uh, we'll we'll give a full reporting, and uh, we'll even talk about the yeah. Sounds good. next week. Everybody, stay cool.
Hey guys, I wanted to talk to you quickly about some of the changes coming to the Going in Circles Digest, which is our sort of weekly newsletter that we've put out that covers a, a wide variety of topics. Uh, just lately, we've added some guest columnists. Sid Fernando wrote a great piece for us a couple weeks back, and Julian Brown has really helped us out with some uh, excellent handicapping uh, articles, and we're going to expand on the handicapping, especially, uh, you know, with Julian's writing, who who used, Julian used to write for American Turf Monthly, um, but it's something that uh, we, we think people seem to be interested in, and certainly any timely topic is, is something that's going to be covered, and uh, we're going to do a lot of uh, our weekly previews, especially for the big days and, and the Triple Crown races. Uh, we also want to put it out there that anyone that has something to say, you can be a guest writer. Just contact me. There's a, a variety of ways going in circles podcast at gmail.com is probably the easiest. And we'll, uh, we'll put you out there. And we're not exactly... Uh, at the distribution point of the New York Times or anything, but we do get a lot of click-ons. And if you have something to say, well, we'll help you say it. All right, guys, if you have any suggestions, anything you want to hear about, anything you want to uh, read about, hit me up, goingincirclespodcast.gmail.com, and uh, check it out, goingincirclesdigest.com. Substack.com. Free subscription. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys, I wanted to make you aware of a new company that's out there making some really cool apparel and other swag. Fan Tack. www.fan tack.com. Check it out. They've created a bunch of logos and stuff for uh, an expanding list of jockeys. And they also are doing some going in circles swag. So if you want any uh, t-shirts or hats, hoodies, and cell phone covers, check it out. Fantac. F-A-N dash T-A-C-K.